Hey, welcome back. We've been talking about this section in Matthew chapter 7 as we've been reading about this warning that Jesus gave us, beware of false prophets. Matthew chapter 7, verses 15 to 20. We've talked about this uh, for a bunch of days now, but there's there's so much in here to um, to be aware of. And so I want to, I don't want to skip stuff. I don't want to, uh, I don't want to zoom past things that I believe are really important and uh, things to be very aware of in our, in our day today. Um, we need to be aware of some things about us as hu- as humans. Um, there's this strange thing um, about humanity where we tend to swing on these, on these pendulums. You know, you look at the way that we wear our jeans. I was at um, Kohl's the other day before Christmas doing some Christmas shopping and they have a brand of jeans now they're called mom jeans which if you are familiar with the joke from I don't know when it was early 2000s the um, Saturday Night Live did a fake commercial of mom jeans and it was the you know the high-waisted pleated um, jeans and it became this joke um, because you know in the uh, in the 80s and 90s, the waistline of jeans was quite high. And then it began to plunge back to the levels of uh, not seen since the early 1970s and late 1960s, the hip huggers, the low rise jeans, um, which was a horrible, a horrible fad that that um, honestly was a terrible thing for, for those of us in youth ministry. Uh, you know, we had to invent things, you know, like the Heine Crack protector flap, which... Um, was something that was a sweatshirt tied around your waist because when we'd go to chapel, the girls would all sit down on the floor in our chapel for at camp and you would see a sea of butt cracks and that was horrible. So uh, rather than distracting everybody by the, you know, the sheer amount of crack showing, we said, Hey, bring a sweatshirt tied around your waist. So you have the butt crack protector flap. And uh, also it's a nice thing to sit on because the ground is a little, it's a little softer than the ground. But anyway, what's the point? The point is it, it goes back and forth. Back, we're back to mom jeans again. And, you know, you've seen skinny jeans to wide jeans to skinny jeans to wide jeans. And and it happens. It's one of those things that we see that this happening in our culture. We see it happen all, all over the place. Uh, a famous Christian um, speaker one time uh, said, I can't remember who it was. Might have been Martin Luther. Might not have been. I don't remember. Uh, but he said, uh, he said, uh, I think if I remember correctly, he said Christians are like uh, a drunk on a horse. They're falling off one side or off the other. And this is our tendency to take things too far, uh, you know, to, to, to go to extremes. And we see this in, in churches is that, you know, these churches will go to these wild extremes where it's like, if you were not, if you were not speaking in tongues, you are not saved. Then you have the other extreme, which is like, if you're speaking in tongues, you're possessed by the devil, you know, um, and you've got people that are saying, well, you know, uh, spiritual gifts are, are, uh, are not for today. You have the other end, which they're saying, if you don't have, if you're not operating in the gifts, you know, you're, you're not, you're not truly, you know, a Christian. And anyway, on and on, you see these strange trends. Um, and you know, it's something to be aware of. It's something to be aware of and to be aware of as as Christians and as humans that we tend to do this. We tend to swing to these uh, extremes. When we see a lacking of something, we tend to go too far. You know, when we see that the church is lacking in love, we tend to go beyond the point of actual love to this point of universal acceptance 
not universal acceptance of people, but universal acceptance of people's behavior. You know, and, and then there's the other extreme where people say, well, you know, they're just lovey, mushy, gushy, you know, sloppy grace, sloppy agape or whatever they call it. And there's no, there's no righteousness. There's no holiness in this church. And so then they swing to the other extreme that becomes this extreme legalism and lack of love, you know, to the point where they're trying to be righteous and holy, but they've gone too far to the point where they're no longer, you know, it's not righteousness and holiness because it's lacking in love. So be aware that that's what we tend to do. And so be, you know, being, being on guard that, Hey, human, as a human, I'm going to have this tendency to, to swing to extremes and to stay out of that center place of what I like to call, you know, Christ centered, spirit led Bible based, you know, right in the, you know, to stay centered on that and not to go to the extremes, not to be uh, swayed with every wind of doctrine. Um, so as we're reading in Matthew seven, this is the warning that Jesus is giving us. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing. And I talked about last time about how far too often people are deceived because they don't recognize the second line. Beware of false prophets. They look around, well, I don't see any who come to you in sheep's clothing. The idea is they don't look like a deceiver. They don't look like a ravenous wolf, but they are. Now, here's the other part of this that I think is kind of tricky. I think a lot of times these that people that come and are false teachers, they're they're ravenous wolves, but they don't realize it. They themselves are under a level of deception that they don't realize that what they're doing is devouring people. They have justified their behavior. They've justified their twisting of scripture and justified their exaggeration of um, the truth of, of what actually happened in ministry or, you know, they're, they're making up amazing stories of what God's done through their ministry and they justify it to say, look at the good we're doing, you know, the ends justifies the means idea. And they, I, I think they, that there's some that they don't even realize, like, no, you're, you're a wolf. You're devouring people. You're devouring people. And this is one of those things, again, that, that's, I think there's so much complexity to it. And there's so many different, uh, there's so many different facets, right, of this, where there are those that, that they're higher, what, what you call the hireling, right? Um, when Jesus gave, talked about the, you know, the good shepherd and, you know, talking about the, the, the good shepherd and the hireling, the hireling is the one that's hired to take care of the sheep. But when the wolves come man, he's out of there, you know, he's like, well, I'm not giving up my life for the sheep. No, I'm, this is just a job, you know, versus the guy who owns the sheep, but this is his livelihood this is all he owns. He's willing to lay down his life for him. So there are those, there are those people who are in ministry that are, that are hirelings. You know, that they're in it for the job. You know, it's a career choice. Uh, it's not a calling. It's a career choice. And that's a, one of those things that I think you have to be careful about if you're in ministry is to be aware, like, wait a minute, am, am, I, am I doing this because it's all I know how to do? Because I've heard that. I've heard that from pastors that are like, I'd retire, but I don't know how to do anything else. You know? You're so lucky that you have other skills because I don't know how to do anything. I was like, well, find something because if you're only being a pastor because you don't know how to do anything else, 
that's a really that's a really bad motivation for a calling i don't want to do anything else like yikes you know there's a lot of other things you can do flipping burgers is not that hard um you got to be fast with your spatula that's kind of the key but again this is one of those things that that he's talking about here is they they don't look like what they are and so how do you judge and he goes on to talk about you'll know them by their fruits and so um what i'll probably talk about next time is about the fruit of teaching but what i wanted to point out this time and i only have about a minute and a half left was this the fruit of their life like right when you when you look at that that prophet or that pastor or that teacher or that 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 Christian leader, and you look at the fruit of their life. And I'm not talking about like how many people talk about, oh man, he, he changed my life. You know, he blessed my life so much. Um, I learned so much from his teaching because, you know, that's, I, I've been there. I've been, I have those, those pastors that I, I learned a lot from, um, but I've also, in just recent days, like a lot of these, some big, well-known pastors, some guys with gigantic churches, um, just in, in the last year, couple of years, um, in, in some even more recently, just kind of come to these realizations or come to the, or word has gotten out that their personal character was not necessarily as consistent with their teaching as it should be. That's to put it nicely. Like pastor, pastors of these, you know, of a gigantic church who, is just constantly belittling their their people, making their you know, making their assistants and and coworkers feel like garbage, you know, for whatever reason, for you know not not inviting enough people or not meeting the numbers and all this stuff. You think how tragic is that? That here you are, the shepherd, you're the one that's supposed to be the teacher, the leader, and your people that are closest to you are being damaged. The people in the pews, they love the teaching. Cause you're a gifted speaker and orator and you know, you're saying these, these truths and the truth of God's word works. The tragic part is that when the guy's own life, it's not evident. It's evident on stage, right? Because it's on stage. It's an act on stage. You don't want a pastor who's an actor. You don't want a uh, you don't want a preacher who's putting on a show for you, you know. And this is one of the things that that I appreciate about um, smaller churches, churches where you can actually know the guy, where you can actually meet them, speak with them, see how they treat their wife, see how they treat their kids, see how they act under pressure, and you can say like, wait, is this guy, is this guy the real deal? Where I can examine their character. Does that mean I'm looking for somebody perfect? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. But one of the things we we talk about a lot with our staff where I am now is this. Perfection is not required. Perfection is not even expected. But when you mess up, you own it. When you mess up, you own it. That's Christ, that's I mean, that's the Christian life. When you goof up, you confess your sin. You repent, you move on. You say, hey, I blew it. Forgive me. And the rest of the people go, we'll forgive you. How can we help you? What can we do? And we keep going. So anyway, 
one of the things, you know, examine their life, you know, watch, watch the guy's life. If they don't want you to see their life, well, that might be a point of concern. Anyway, next time we'll talk more about fruit of teaching and, uh, yeah, talk to you soon. God bless you.